Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. James Handback, 14 minutes. I like it. We've got plenty more Kings basketball uh, to talk about. We'll push that Russell Wilson story off. And obviously, it's not a story. It's just something that happened while we were away that was that was pretty gross. Uh, I like Russell Wilson. Um, and I really dislike Sean Payton. Uh, but we'll put that off for another time. Obviously, we got a couple of more days to talk about it uh, as week 18 approaches. Uh, in the Titanic matchup of Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz is coming up. Let's bring in our man, uh, James Ham. I wonder what Kenny's doing. Kenny, Kenny's just kicking it. He, he was talking to someone. No, he's just hanging out. No, it's all good. Very popular guy. He bring in our man, into, James Ham. He ran into someone from sales. Oh, you got to you got to take those conversations. There he is. Yeah, you got to take those conversations. Uh, James, um, let's start with, let's start with a pin. Oh. We, we were talking some three oh. hours ago. That was hours ago, man. And you said, hey, let's put a pin and talk about that when I come back. Uh, well, I've put a pin in it. I can't remember what we were talking about. I think it was Domas. Domas was missing bunnies and not just dunking the basketball. I think that's what it was. And you cleared something to say on that and wanted to revisit it. Yeah, I mean, you and I had a pretty like lively debate about the Malik Monk situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that was part of it. Um, Maybe it was, you know, you said, Hey, call a timeout, like sit, sit your team down for a sec and say, Hey, what are we doing here? Like Mm -hmm. what's happening? Are we not playing with energy? Why are we turning the ball over again and again? And uh, man, I I don't know. Like that's the, the loss last night is one that kind of just leaves you confused. Like, who is this team? Why does this keep happening? Is who you are? Because if this is who you are, we don't know who you are. You know? And, and I keep seeing this weird cycle where they have a bad game, and then they have a bad half and then fix it, and then they have a really good game, and then they might have two really good games, and then they have a clunker again. And I asked Darren last night about, you know, the two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And he agreed. Yeah. I yeah, that. yeah, and and like he he feels the same way, and I think there is a confusion with who this team is, and we're watching sort of the organic growth of a team and how things change and morph, and you know there's a lineup change, there might be more lineup changes, we don't know, uh, there might be trades, there's so many things that are sitting here in front of us over the next like five or six weeks, but what we do know is that you can't keep falling apart against bad bad teams, especially a team like Charlotte, who, again, had lost 11 in a row. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. They got four starters out. I mean, and now I think it's coming back to me, too. Like, these games remind me of, like, three years ago or two years ago, the the year that Luke Wald gets fired and and poor Alvin Gentry's got to take over a team that's just listless and 
and they have that game against Philly where Philly has five starters out mm-hmm. and came into Golden One Center and just thumped them. Like there isn't a like I don't know what the reason is why this team just kind of shuts off. And it's kind of not who they were last year, but they've regressed back to who they were. And while their record might be better, that's because they, they have better talent, they have a better system, and they can they can beat almost anybody. But you can't have these days where like we're just left at a loss and everybody is. And, you know, like the sky isn't falling. The Sacramento Kings are still a good basketball team. They're not a great basketball team. And I think that we can we can all acknowledge that. And if they want to be that, they there more changes have to come. I agree. I've been pretty uh, rough on Harrison Barnes today. Um, yeah. Because, number one, I think it's warranted. Number two, it's, it's just giving you nothing. He's giving you nothing. And, and one of the things that, you know, trades, everybody wants to make a trade or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, just take him out of the starting lineup. Take a lot of his minutes away. He played 24 minutes last night. That's probably 17 too many. Mm. 20 too many. He's, I mean, he's giving you nothing and consistently giving you nothing at this point. And I'm looking before we talk about a trade because I don't think it's as easy as people make it out to be. I say put Trey Lyles in the starting lineup. Have him starting. I mean, I'm, I'm completely, I said it earlier, I'm completely disregarding the fact that he's not scoring any bit you know, when you talk about Harrison. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be. I really shouldn't be. I should be saying, yo, I need you. You're averaging 11, but that's almost Willie Cauley-Stein level rebounds, right? Willie averaging eight rebounds a night. He doesn't get eight rebounds a night. He gets 16 one game, zero the next. So that's kind of where Harrison's 11 points per game is. But I shouldn't be just disregarding your scoring. I should be saying, yo, give me your 12, 13, 14 a night. But for sake of argument, I will be. Just forget it. Forget that you scored three points. Forget it. How many times we come in here and he's got one or two rebounds on a night? A lot. Um, I'll tell you, it's 12. And I'm looking at the stats. He's had eight games this season with one or fewer rebounds. He's had three games with zero. And I don't know what to make of it. Because here's the problem that we now have. We just watched a, a kid get a an opportunity as a starter, Chris Duarte. He comes in the game. And he grabs seven rebounds, including four offensive, and three of those offensive rebounds he put back for buckets. Like, if you're a veteran and you want to know how to go get more opportunities, if you're playing with a point guard averaging 30 points a game and a big man averaging 19 points something, and a young player that's up and coming that everyone wants to feed who's getting almost 13 shots a game in Keegan Murray... If you're one of the other guys in that starting lineup, you need to go feed yourself. You need to go hunt a rebound, grab it, and put it back in the basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the way it works in the NBA. Your stars get a lot of shots, and the other guys have to find ways to hit an open shot when you get one or go chase one when y- you know, you're not getting the ball in your hands. And... I think if if anything else, it just shined like a bright light on the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, he just went and got seven rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can tell you, I maybe there's 
there's one game this season where Harrison Barnes had four offensive rebounds. One game this season. And so I, I don't know what to tell somebody who's like, hey, I kind of wish I'd have more shots or something. He's got 16 games this season where he doesn't have an offensive rebound. And so if you're a team that is a really good defensive rebounding team, the Kings are still like number two in the league in defensive rebounding percentage. They're very good. It's because they have the best rebounder or one of the top three rebounders in the league, right, in Demonis Sabonis. But there are so many opportunities. I mean, this team it doesn't shoot like 73% from the field where there's not a whole lot of rebounds to get. Right. There's plenty of rebounds to go get. So you got to find ways to impact the game. And, you know, I think the one thing that we can say about Kevin Herter is that there was a stretch of games where the shots weren't falling, and Kevin said, you know what, I'm going to go hit the glass. Now, he stopped doing that. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's like, okay, you got to make a change. If he's not getting you anything other than missed three-point shots, then it's time to make a change and try to get somebody that can do something different. But with Harrison, I just don't know what to say because there are opportunities, and I feel like for some reason he's not he's not getting into the game hardly at all in on certain nights. And that's it's just not something that's it's typical. It's why it's so easy to look around the league and go, okay, how do you replace how do you fill that void? I mean, it's not that hard to find a guy averaging eleven points and three rebounds a game. It's <laughs> not. Now, when it comes to Trey, I did make this this argument with with Kyle because Kyle has sort of the same idea. Like why don't you just slide Trey in there? Okay, the problem is that Trey is a 4-5. He's not a 3-4. And Harrison Barnes, for whatever he does right or wrong, he can play both positions, and he's switchable in the Kings' defense, which means that him and Keegan can kind of be interchangeable. And the way that the Kings have sort of done this year is where Keegan goes out and defends almost the most difficult player on the other team every night. And that would mean that Harrison Barnes is going to have to float around and, and defend guys uh, well, Harrison Barnes does have to float around and defend guys that are all kinds of shapes and sizes. I don't know that Trey Lyles has the same versatility, and that's not a knock on Trey. It's just Trey's a big dude, mm -hmm. and I don't know, especially coming back after the after the Achilles, we've seen Trey slowly work himself back into shape. I have a tough time thinking that Trey is going to go in and be 100% effective in the same way that, well, I mean, I can't say that Harrison Barnes is 100% effective defensively, mm -hmm. but I, I think that that would be a a step back defensively at some point. Mm -hmm. You laid out all of the things that appear to be off with yeah. Harrison. Why does it feel like Mike isn't holding him accountable for it? In fact, I'll, 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 I'll go a step further. Maybe that was the wrong way to phrase this because maybe he is and we just don't see it. To the best of my memory... Harrison is the only guy Mike Brown has publicly defended. He talked about we don't run plays for Harrison, and he, you know, he's doing this, and he's the this option, and that, and and that, and it's like no one asked you, like no one asked you about that. You volunteered that information. Literally, we're not quitters. Yeah, but that's kind of what it was in a defense of Harrison Barnes. Like what? Look, I we all respect Harrison Barnes. But why is Mike willing to bench Malik, a guy who he openly admits those two will have confrontations together, but seems to be unwilling to take any action 
against Harrison Barnes being invisible. Yeah, I mean, I would say— Ask him for me today when you talk to him in about two hours. (laughs) I I would say the last three games, the last three games, Harrison Barnes has played 12 minutes, 20 minutes, and 24 Mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's way down. Mm -hmm. Way down. So, um, you know, so maybe he is holding him accountable. Uh, and, and I will also say that in those three games, I mean, two of those are wins with Harrison not playing a whole lot. Um, there are nights where you need Harrison Barnes and you need his stabilizing force, but I just feel like he's not the same player he was before. The 12 is, is that the Atlanta game? That's the Atlanta game, yeah. 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 And and to be honest, he got yanked really early Mm -hmm. in that game. Mm -hmm. Him and Herter both got pulled Mm -hmm. in the first five minutes of the game. And Mike, so Mike did hold him accountable and, and, you know, pointed a finger. And I think that's the weird thing because we keep seeing these games where Fox and Sabonis are just so much better than everyone else. They are. You're just watching it play out time and time again where these two, I mean, we had the game where I think Harrison Barnes ended with nine points Mm -hmm. and he was the third leading scorer. Yeah. And you had Fox and Sabonis putting it Portland, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, you had Disaster. them putting up huge numbers. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I I do know that that Monty McNair is working the phones, and like that's all you can do at this point. You know where you want to go to, and you know that there's a good chance you weren't good enough. Like mm-hmm. the the way that this, this team goes up and down and like sideways. I, I don't know, but I mean, I'm not gonna go out there and say that I think you know benching Harrison Barnes and putting Sasha Vazenkov in the Oh, is he still on the team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. And I, 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 I would it, say it is, but I, I'm, this is unfair, probably. But I'll say it: you can't get any worse. Like he's not giving you anything, nothing. No deflections. No, he's the matchup for the Brandon Ingram. No rebounds. No points. No assists. No playmaking. Not even getting to the free throw line. Yeah. He's giving you nothing. No, it, it's a tough watch right now. I'm not, I, you know, again, I don't know how else to say it. Like, at, at a certain point, you're going to have to make improvements on this roster. And they already they already made one change that, in all honesty, I, I think the Chris Duarte move, I, I early in the season, I, I really wasn't for it because I thought you needed the three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you got De'Aaron Fox out there averaging mm-hmm. 8.9 three-point attempts per game and shooting 39.8%. You don't need a second shooter there. What you need now is, I mean, you need to find Doug Christie. Mm-hmm. That's You need that type of player. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to give Chris Duarte an opportunity to prove that that's who he is. He's got a lot to prove. I mean, he's, we saw, like, we've seen two games here, and yeah, I think he's been really impressive. But at the same time, like, look, this is a guy who has struggled with injuries. He does make mistakes. Uh, the early part of the season, he played himself out of out of the rotation by fouling everybody every single moment he was on the court. And so now we're at a point where you can kind of see where the path is going. He's calmed down. He's got, I think, six fouls in his last 12 games combined. Hmm. That's great. Like, if that's who Chris Duarte is, Chris Duarte is going to be the starting shooting guard for a while here. Hmm. So because he is a multifaceted player who does... Uh, who, who defends and does a dirty work and doesn't he gets deflections he will defend the hardest you know the toughest guard on an opposing team he'll take pressure off De'Aaron Fox in that way mm-hmm. so there's a lot to like about what's happening there but you got this other position you need to figure out too and I and I don't know how to figure that one out because 
you don't have anyone better than Harrison Barnes right now to put at that position. Kessler Edwards. Again, I'm a. <laughs> I, I, I dig. Go down the list. Like he's yeah. not doing nothing. You know, so I've, you got somebody better or I, equal. I'm one of those guys who are all in on Trey Lyles. I think Trey Lyles is like when he's right, he is a huge difference maker for this team. But I don't. I'm still not saying he's the answer to replace Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup. Maybe, but for right now, like that really does hurt your versatility on the defensive end. You're listening to D'Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, Carex, QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320. Always live on the free true. Odyssey app. Not true for those who are watching on YouTube. I was just YouTube. doing a read. What do you mean? I was doing a read. Nothing there. Just, just, just doing my read. Just Ridiculous. doing my job. I'm, I'm Reese Davis over here. I'm just trying to do my read. What is going on? This is um, ridiculous. Hey, he said it again, by the way. Not Reese. <laughs> McAfee? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. For anyone listening, in the office or out, in the naysayers talk, the joke is over. And we're three steps away from it getting offensive. Knock it off. Let a naysay. <laughs> a new episode of oh. Life It Odyssey. <laughs> Account executive gets his ass whooped. That's the, that's the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, you know, would you, inc- okay, I know the deal matters. <laughs> I understand that. We hit a breaking point where Casey wouldn't include Trey Lyle earlier. Who was it for? Was it Kyle Kuzma? Kuzma? Yeah. Because we're looking at this like, oh, a deal needs to be made. A deal needs to be made. Okay. Who around the league is going, you know what we need? We need a veteran. Doesn't do much. We just need a veteran. Mm. Give me Harrison Barnes. I need Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, and a couple of picks. I said, okay, let's be realistic. Trey Lyles is playing really well. What if Washington said, okay, we'll send Kyle Kuzma to you for Herder, Trey Lyles, and two picks? Yeah, I, I mean, you'd have to do that deal. That's what you I thought. You can't get you can't what get, I thought. You can't get Trey Lyles and two picks. Well, okay. So here I I'm not You can get Trey Lyles or the two picks. I'm not giving up two picks for Kyle Kuzma. I mean that's just I mean, to me it's not happening. Like well, I'm not giving up two firsts. Like, so if Washington wants two first round picks, like there have been plenty of teams out there that want two first round picks for somebody and never end up getting a first-round mm-hmm. pick at all. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you can want all you want. It's okay. <laughs> that's fine. You can, you know, but that's it's just not realistic in my book. I don't think that there's a team out there who just circles Kyle Kuzma and says he's the answer to all of our problems. Now, I, I've had this conversation with Kyle, and I think, strangely enough, Kyle Kuzma makes way too much sense. I, <laughs> I did not believe that before. Um, when they kick the tires on him this offseason and this is like the third time they've kicked tires on Kyle Kuzma right. like they should have drafted Kyle Kuzma in 2017 <laughs> without any question they drafted he came in and busted up Justin Jackson in a one-on-one workout well in a three-on-three workout crushed the dude and Larry Kristowiak was friends who was his college coach friends with Dave Yeager and all his dudes and said hey this is my guy you should draft him no that the pick went to Justin Jackson and Harry Giles instead at 15 and 20 should have drafted him then 
You had a deal worked out where you traded Buddy Heald for him. No. And that fell apart at the last second. You really kicked the tires on him this offseason and tried to get him on board, and it didn't work out. And for me, that told me a lot about Kyle Kuzma, right? I did not like at all that uh, that he would choose to just put up points on what everyone in the league, maybe not outside of what, maybe as a wizard, he thought, hey, we'll win. I don't know how he could think that. Mm-hmm. But that was a losing situation. You knew you were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, or at least if you're realistic, you should have known that. He took the money and he took the opportunity to score a bunch of points over going to play for a winner and a perfect fit for him. If he couldn't look at the Sacramento Kings and say, oh, that's a really good fit, I just think he thought, oh, I might trip on my really long sweater walking down the stairs there in Sacramento. <laughs> like, Why do you hate that sweater? <laughs> I just like, because that's who he is. He's the guy who wants to be famous more than he wants to win basketball games. Now, if he's had like a moment here where he realizes that playing for a bad team is just not it, it doesn't matter how many points you score, and he's willing to fit in and accept a role, I still think he's a great fit for Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better three-point shooter than than what we've seen. I, if you go back to, what is it, two or three years ago, he's averaging 17.9, 8.5 rebounds, 0.9 blocks, shooting like 35, 36% from three. Okay, that's the player the Kings need. They need that speed. I mean, basically, it's Marvin Bagley, what Marvin Bagley was supposed to be mm-hmm. and never, ever developed into. It was the Kyle Kuzma mold. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think he's a he would be a great fit. And what really sold me on Kyle Kuzma was his contract is ridiculous. I don't know if you guys looked at it. It goes from 25-5 to 23-5 to 21-5 to 19.5 over the next four years. Mm-hmm. It's a declining... It's It's literally the... Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes contract that Ken Cantonella signed mm-hmm. where they have reduced values. So as a king salary with guys like Domas and De'Aaron go up, now you got another player whose salary is going down. When Keegan Murray's salary skyrockets, now Kyle Kuzma is making $6 million less mm-hmm. than he is today. That's a big deal. And so would I give up, you know, like, again, like Herder, Davion, a first round, a protected first round pick and a second. Sure. That seems fair. Yes. I mean, he's a 28 year old dude. That seems fair, but it's got to come with the buy-in. Like he's got to understand that like basketball Make him sign the all in contract. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah, he's got to be all in. Like, are you all in? If you're not all in, then don't trade for him. And he's shown time and time again here. He might not be all in with the Kings. It might be about more than that for him. Like, okay. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So can I play devil's advocate to, to Kyle Kuzma? He could be everything you said he is. Mm-hmm. But playing devil's advocate, what if he's like, I'm going to take this money because I can always get traded. <laughs> like, let me take this money. A lot of people think that. Yeah, let me take this. I'm If I go to you for $17 million, I'll never get that back. Let me take this money, this $25 million a year, and I can always get traded, which he's about to get traded. <laughs> if that's a thinking, he's right. But yeah. I can't never get that contract back. Yeah, I... I looked up a story that I wrote on Kuzma earlier in the year because, of course, I'm going to write more on Kuzma, um, which is not something I thought I would be doing again. Um, but this was a quote from Jake Fisher back in in late June. The name that's gained plenty of momentum as a potential Sacramento target is Kuzma, who once thrived down the road in Los Angeles and was nearly dealt to the Kings in 2001 before the Lakers rerouted Kuzma to the Wizards. Um. Anyway, it, oh, here it is. Even with a new deal for Sabonis, plus the Kings' expect, uh, expectations to bring back versatile forward Trey Lyles, as sources said, Sacramento could still have more than $25 million to pay uh, to play with in cap room to sign a guy like Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the $25 million. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was, don't mean it, they offered it, though. Yeah, but it was known that that's what it would take to get Kuzma. And I, I know that he was looking at Houston really hard mm-hmm. during the offseason. He thought that that's where he would end up, and then it didn't work out. Like, they, they were able to land Van Vliet, and then when they landed Van Vliet, it reduced what they had left to Dylan Brooks' money, not Kyle Kuzma money. And so that's why we saw, like, the change there between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think that he could have been a Sacramento King if he wanted to be, I think. I'm not positive of that. Like, because these things all, you know, life is a negotiation here and we don't know what exactly money had on the table. But I can also tell you there was a point where the Kings had worked out a, they had negotiated very, like a a lot with Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. And then they went radio silent for like a week and a half. And Harrison Barnes was like left at the altar for a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in Puerto Vallarta Mm -hmm. and we were, I got news that, they had restarted negotiations with Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. They went through every single box and tried to, you know, do something different and see if there was something better or different out there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there wasn't. And so the other thing I'd add is that I kind of like the idea of if there's some way you could get Kyle Kuzma without giving up Harrison Barnes. I really like the idea of Harrison Barnes as your backup 3-4. Like, if he's still on the roster, he's still the veteran, maybe it takes some stress off him, maybe he gets more opportunity with the second unit, 
and maybe he can thrive there because I think that position has proven for the Kings to be so much more difficult to improve than a position like the shooting guard position where they can go out and get a Chris Duarte, they can find a Malik Monk, they can find a Kevin Herter, they can play that position. Yeah. I think having a guy like that, then we're not asking, you know, like what it is. If your rotation is, again, Trey Lyles and Harrison Barnes, but with Kuzma and Murray, that's a whole lot different than it is today. You didn't say this. This is what I heard. Harrison is struggling because he's stressed. <laughs> no. That's I what I heard. That's not what you said. Yeah. That's what I heard. When you say go to the bench, oh, maybe he's less stressed. No, HB be better. Be better, man. Oh, man. No, I, I don't he, disagree he's be, with that. He's better than what we're seeing, yeah. and it's frustrating. And so is Keegan. Keegan's better than what we've been seeing lately. He had a stretch where he was on like a tear, and it was almost, all right, I'm good. That's it. Hmm. Nah, get back on that tear, dog. Be that dude again. Be That's that score it. that everyone – be that be not just the score. Be that guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, "Whew, there it is." Mm-hmm. There's that player everyone envisioned, and there's that player. Some people, including me, couldn't even envision. Didn't know. Me too. Yeah. Showed signs of it, and now it's just kind of, kind of dwindled away. That's a second year player. No, and and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm completely. I I, I, I oh trade him. No, yeah. like I get it. Um. I don't know. There's but a big difference between a second-year player having a bit of a yo-yo season and a veteran who had a horrible start to last season, and then by the end of the season looked like himself again in Harrison Barnes, and now we're seeing it again, and it's like yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's almost like a ba- this this happens more in baseball than it does in basketball. You know, the guy who always starts off as a horrible hitter, he bats like 200 in the first month of the season. You got to stick with him because all of a sudden he catches fire and he hits a whole bunch of home runs in one or two months that's what it feels like but that's not typically how the nba goes usually guys you know they have ebbs and flows during the season but not like this where it's just like hey where are you at i I don't know and 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 the the thing with keegan though is and i I love keegan not saying he should go or anything like that but okay just gotta step up this is why you can you can hide out and have your ups and downs in detroit or you can be with a team that's trying to accomplish something and have expectations of you and try to meet those expectations. You got to play better. Yeah. You got to play better. You know what I mean? And and I know we've talked about it before about like different trades and and like man, I don't know if I necessarily want to bring this guy in here because now that might knock down Keegan in the pecking order and you know, what does that do for him moving forward in his development? To the point where I don't care. Yeah, like if he don't want to show up and step up and 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 be that third, possibly second guy, I gotta go get him. Sorry, Keegan, I'm gonna do something. I'm not Detroit. I'm not trying to figure this out and can take losses along the way and, and take years along the way. We're trying to do this now. This is the this is the other side of being a young guy on a team that's trying to contend. There's high high expectations and no room for slippage. Yeah, he's he's been super erratic. Um, you know, he had that again. You talked about that stretch where he was just incredible for like eight games, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and over his last his four, I brought it up in my my six quick thoughts last night. So he had an eight game stretch where he's averaging twenty two eight and and four net four point nine rebounds per game, mm. but then the last four games, it's it's five points, nine points, ten points, ten points. So. 
like 34 points, eight into game. Two and two in those? What's their, what's their yeah, record? Four games. Two and yeah. Two? Yeah, two yeah, they're two and two. But but they're two and two. Their losses are to Portland and yeah, Charlotte. right, yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. So bad. And now, I, I will. I did see some of the same things last night, where players passed on him. Like Keegan was wide open, mm. waiting for an open look, and Monk hoisted a, a contested three point shot to the arc, like wide open. Mm. So there was some like, okay, what are we doing here? I don't say that they're, they're freezing him out, but there are opportunities that are being left on the table when it comes to Keegan. But again, he hasn't he hasn't particularly shot that well. So it's tough to keep feeding a guy when, you know, harder. It's tough to keep feeding him. Like you want him to pull up out of his but like you just keep missing. Every time we pass it to you, he's missing. So at that point as a player, I think you take it upon yourself to do more and you stop hanging on some of the guys that bling. Mm-hmm. And that's a well, it, it, what I teach some of these kids and as a shooter, I wasn't afraid to shoot. It's what I did. You better act like the ball, because if not, I'll shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you sitting there just are not calling for, hey, hey, hit me one more. Something like, I'll, yeah, because I know I want to shoot it. If you or if you whether you want the ball or something like that, I'll take the. Shot. Yeah, and I think I don't know if Tom, but that when you said what that sounded like. Yeah, interesting that Keegan's struggles like start with the holiday. So you know, I just came out. They all drove up to Portland. His brother was that moment on. It's been rough. So. I don't like sometimes those moments in a season. You're just a little, yeah. and, and I, I think he's that. But um, no, like if I buy in on Kuzma, which is did not think I would ever do. Um, <laughs> a lot of it is contractually. Oh wow, oh wow, you got a good con. You got one of those contracts for a franchise, mm-hmm. like, and it's one of those contracts. Hey, this isn't working out two years in. But you like you can go find somebody to take his eighteen, nineteen million, twenty one million, nineteen million. You can find guys, but. Yeah, I think they're in an interesting spot here where, you know, they probably need to make some f- substantial move to to put themselves back on, on track. What if they don't? Sorry, sorry, what? Casey. What? They don't, then this is going to be a year where you're really, really focused on developing Chris Duarte and, uh, and Keegan Murray. I mean, you got to remember, this is, this is Duarte's third season in the NBA. And his second season, he missed more than half of, or right around of, with injuries. Like, if this is who you're moving forward with, then it, you know, maybe your lofty goals shift a little bit, and you try to get this thing really, really on the right track for, you know, the future. And then you start planning out what you're going to do as well. So This is funny in the chat. Johnny G said they bait switched Chris on us. Yeah, trade for Chris, and then... <laughs> they didn't trade. They just, like... <laughs> pulled him into oh. a storage closet and threw him back out there in Keegan's clothes. <laughs> and he got on the plane. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. It's not because Chris can play. It would be funnier if Chris was like balling in Portland. <laughs> like right. All of a sudden, Chris is scoring like 20 a game. What the hell is going on here? Well, there's always that, that rumor with the, um, what are the? Morris twins. Morris twins. Yeah. That someone may have shown up for a game that wasn't. <laughs> The right Morris twin. That is, hilarious. but I don't think that. I mean, no, like, that's, it would be amazing if it did, though. <laughs> Absolutely hey, amazing. Hey, James. I um, for those who didn't hear what you had to say about it on the Insiders, uh, what was your thoughts on the whole Malik Monk, Mike Brown situation, man? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, like Damien and I kind of went back and forth on this. Um, like, I think everybody saw like the lackadaisical play, and you're just you're kind of waiting for Malik to just like show up and be, you know, Malik. Like all of a sudden, snap out of it and be this flamboyant basketball player that's running and gunning and doing all this crazy stuff. It just looked like he came in and wasn't super ready. And I don't think everybody was ready. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's the only one like that was a mess, but like part of Malik's job description is to go in there and provide energy. And Mike Brown specifically talked about like, you know, we started out, we had an underhand pass. You can go back and look exactly what the underhand pass was. Like he just flipped the ball right into Sabonis's chest when he wasn't looking on underhand pass out of nowhere, and it was lackadaisical. And I don't know about the the whole way that they responded, but to bench Malik Monk is a big deal. I mean, he is like the heart and soul of your team. But there are certain times where, as a coach, you look at a player and you're like, you're not, you're not in it tonight. You're not here to to you know. Whatever it is. I don't know if he's playing his old team. You thought he would have been amped and like ready and like come out and like try to prove them wrong. I mean, that's a franchise that almost blew his career away. And you figure that he'd have some sort of like residuals from that. And that's not what you got right away. And so Mike pulls him, which I thought was a surprise. But Mm -hmm. again, Mike, a couple of games ago, pulled Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes after five minutes in Atlanta and said, you go sit down. Now, when he goes in the second half, I didn't like I didn't like Malik's reaction. I like you're old enough to remember Derek Martin mm-hmm. and the situation with him and Rick Adelman, where Derek Martin finally got into the game and started hoisting three after three after three and hitting all of them, and then staring down his coach the whole time. I thought that Malik, like right away, it was him looking at Mike saying, "Okay, now what are you going to do? Because everybody's excited because I'm here. Now what are you going to do?" And, uh, you know, Mike reacted, called a timeout. Like, like sometimes that's a coach and player relationship. And every coach and player is different. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has a, a different style of dealing with individual players. I don't believe that every player you deal with the same way. You hold everybody accountable the same way. You don't deal with everybody the same way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought in that moment, like, I, I thought Monk tried to kind of diffuse the situation a little bit. That's what it looked like from the bench like when Mike came in hot, but then I think he said something as Mike was walking away, Mike came back, like we're watching the whole thing play out. And I mean, Sean got it all on mm-hmm. video, but yep. we were watching it play out. And I was like, oh, oh what's going on over here? Because I think all of us were like, the timeout, you could see Mike walk out on the court and was pacing. And I'm like, oh, Mike is not happy with Malik right now. And then walked right over because I watched the whole other sequence play out where Monk said something to him on the sidelines. So... Yeah, I mean, this is what happens in an 82-game schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, you just spend a ton of time together on the road, a ton of time together over the holidays. There's been so many games. Like, so maybe they are, like, a little bit sick of each other right now, but they'll fight through it. I Like, I think it's a blip. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's one instance, and, again, Mike has said it. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has said it. Demonis Bonus has said it. Mike yells and screams at Domas and De'Aaron in practice all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is how he coaches. Like he does get heated. He does get upset. He does make a point with his stars. So everybody else knows that like, Hey, that's not who we are. That's not what we're doing. 
And for me, that was a moment where it's like, hey, look, man, you got a lot riding on this season, and so do we. And we're out here telling everybody you're the sixth man of the year. I need you to to show up in this game. And I also, when things aren't going well and when you know you aren't playing up to what I need you to do, I need you to not be that guy that says something to me on the sidelines. And so, you know, again, I think it's probably a mountain out of a molehill. I think it'll be fine tonight, fine moving forward. But that is the dynamic of their relationship. Some players, that's what you do with. He shouldn't have benched him. That's it. That's 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 all it because he's not Herder, mm-hmm. he's not Barnes. Like he is an integral part of everything you've shown. Mike has proven Herder's interchangeable at this point. Maybe to Harrison, or excuse me, maybe to Mike Harrison isn't, but he just made a. St- you 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 want to play Harrison six minutes? Fine. Yeah. You can't do that with Malik. Malik's a guy you refuse to make a starter because of how important he is to your second unit. Mm-hmm. And then he winds up closing every game that he plays. He's not a player. I understand everything you just said. My point was if 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 it was Malik showing Harrison up after the three, Mike was showing – excuse me, not Harrison. If, if it was uh, Malik showing Mike up after the three, Mike was showing Malik up with the benching. That was a response. Yeah, and, and, and Malik responded. And you can you can argue they were both wrong, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. The molehill became a mountain because they lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's probably not a big deal. Oh, it's just Mike. Oh, it's just Malik. It's whatever if they win, but they don't. And now everything is magnified. Domas's 11 turnovers are magnified. And what I want to ask you about here next is his missed shots at the rim. That's all magnified because they lost. And real quick. At the end of that clip with Sean, I don't know if you guys saw it too, and I don't know what it means. They did dap up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like Mike Sean, said yeah, something. Sean, I think Sean pointed that out up. too. Yeah. Monk dapped him up too, mm-hmm. and hopefully they no. they understood right there. And that, and, and, that, that, and that, that, that. the confrontation stuff doesn't bother me mm-hmm. either way. The three doesn't bother. I just <laughs> from a from a perspective of winning and losing games, mm-hmm. trying to make a point with Malik in that way. Is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why I said if you want to cuss him out, cuss him out. But call time out, mm-hmm. yeah. and then put his ass back in the game. And then if he doesn't fix it, that's on Malik. Mm-hmm. That's on Malik if he doesn't fix it after that. But sometimes you just gotta. Hey, I agree. What you doing? But I'll tell you, what is the one thing you can do to a hooper to get his attention? Oh. There's only one thing you can do. Oh. You take his minutes away. Yeah. You don't yeah, let him play. It, but but at the cost of what? Well. I agree, but it's about 82 games. It's about the the, the hopefully 15 games after that. And real quick, James, to your earlier point, maybe not against that team. Do not embarrass him against mm-hmm. that team. And but that, And that coach. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> but, do that. You could do that in Memphis. Don't do that against Charlotte because he's going to react that way. Yeah. No, it's possible. But I think also – I think Mike thought he could do it against that team because that team is not good. And you could probably withstand it to, like, make a point. And then then they let a guy get hot, and they turned the ball over, and they got beat. Yeah, and that was a mistake on Mike's part, too. Uh, We'll come back. Uh, We'll talk a lot more uh, with James about this. And, of course, the Sacramento Kings play again tonight uh, against the Orlando Magic. So that's all ahead here with D'Lo and Casey and our man James Hamm. Brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Fun commercial break of Buddy Heald's story. Oh. His teammates probably have the best stories to tell. Oh, gosh, I can't imagine. I need a, <laughs> I need a 30 for 30 short on the stolen Giannis ball. Because I think Buddy, I don't know if Buddy was the instigator behind the whole thing, but he was a big of the whole oh, thing. Oh, Buddy was part of that? Oh, yeah. Oh. You can, there's a there's a clip where you. Shout out to. There's a clip. Leak, something leaked leak, NBA or something. Yeah, where you hear Buddy yell, don't give him that damn ball or something along those lines. <laughs> oh, no, like he tells him, you better not give him yeah, that ball. You better not give him that ball. Like, yeah. Oh, buddy. Such Don't give in- him S. <laughs> Such Don't give him that ball. <laughs> um. Oh, buddy. Are the Kings as good as they were last year? No. No. I, I And, like, they can be better than they were last year mm-hmm. by the end of the season, but today, I don't care about the record. They're not. They're just flat out. Like, we got to this point last season, and I remember thinking, I don't think they have a single bad loss. Mm-hmm. And how many bad losses yeah. do they have this year? Like and, all well, losses. <laughs> well, yeah, but but a game where you're like, oh. No, no, I'm saying, like, all their losses have been bad losses, it feels like. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's, like, They're either losses to Portland or Charlotte, which yeah. are easily the two worst teams that they, they've lost to, or they've lost by 18. They ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, like a bad loss, though, where you're like, the Portland game is a perfect example. You you walk into that game, everyone's like, oh, trap game. You know how many trap game, like, little gifts I had last night uh, walking into that game? And then again today, oh, trap game, trap game, because a bunch of players are out for Orlando. And then they fall into it. You know, you're just like, how do you not see that coming? And last season, it didn't happen. They didn't 
they were always on point. Every time you thought, oh, man, this thing is spinning out, they come up with a big win, and they, they just had a resiliency. And the other thing they had, they fully had an identity. And right, their identity was a fun-loving, offensive-minded, crazy team that didn't play a lick at defense. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know what their identity is at all. Ooh. That's a that's a that's a that's a good one. Yeah. I don't either. It's De'Aaron, I think. Mm-hmm. That, that's like their identities. De'Aaron Fox. The, it's the, Fox and the Ox. That's, that's what it, it is. It's just like after that, you don't. No, know you what pretty you're much ignore Domas. Domas. <laughs> Domas gets ignored locally. He gets ignored nationally. Yeah. yeah. Do do what do you have? Twenty three and nineteen last night. Mm-hmm. Something something along those lines. I think it was twenty three. Yeah, twenty three and nineteen. But of, I mean, obviously, the focus is the eleven turnovers. We talk about Domas. What, what started our discussion earlier? Like Domas finishes half those shots he missed at the rim. Even with the eleven turnovers, they win that game. It's just he's gotten into this thing where he he the, he goes up there for a layup. It's just a two-handed putback. The ball rolls off the rim. Oh, I can't believe it. And he runs down the court, and then it happens two minutes, and he can't believe it again. And you're going to see him miss a shot at the rim tonight. He's going to put on his head, his hands on his head, and he's not going to be able to believe it. And it's like, Domas, this is happening all year. Dunk on somebody. Yeah, I get it. Last night he did. He had it late he, in the game. He finally, like, threw down. He did. He but, would, he, he his for you could you, you, you talk about that Pixar movie that you saw earlier where yeah, someone Ele- got hotter. Yeah. You could see <laughs> Domas's frustration level getting higher and higher and higher, and I think it caused him to play worse. I'll tell you too. He lives in the moment so much. Like he is so hyper focused on what's happening, and he is in a, a very emotional player. He just doesn't lose it on the officials. He kept calling for a review on a play where he fully put a guy his hand on a guy's hip and shoved him. And it was like on the perimeter, like boom, shoved him. And he kept going like, like, <laughs> man, the replay just showed uh, like up above, like you gave that dude a shove. Right. And, so, and Mike was trying to, cause is it, was that his fourth foul where they took him out? Cause Mike, Mike you could see Mike talking to him. Domas, we looked at like he. I don't know what he's saying to like, him. Just show it he's to him, very like, calmly telling him, "We looked at the replay. Like yeah. we're not calling a review." <laughs> and Domas is like head goes up, and I'm sure Jordy showed him the iPad. Like you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a hand all, check. These I mean, guys all do this all the time. It's the <laughs> it's the it's the new time. it's the it's the hey, new flag. Yeah, it's the new hey, receiver hey, calling like, for the flag, bro. Do you? So I would tell them not to interrupt you guys' point. I would tell them after the game. Since I, I would like. If we sat here and saw that you didn't foul him, do you think we wouldn't challenge? Especially your fourth foul. <laughs> Stop asking right. me. If we didn't challenge, it's for a reason. Well, Stop. that and Domas in post game, like in the locker room, I I watched the video. I I had to get back for the show, so I wasn't going to wait for a half hour or forty five minutes for Domas in the locker room. Um, but uh, he said he made a point about a bunch of his his turnovers were actually offensive fouls Mm. so yes he had 11 turnovers but he kept getting called for moving screens or for screens that that typically he gets away with Mm -hmm. and he didn't get away with in that game and so i if we went back i bet you like three or four of his turnovers were strictly offensive fouls where he got called and then of course it's a turnover so i thought katie had a good call on a couple of them because she was like you can't lean forward like that's what they're calling on him and he's done it twice where he goes to and he's we think of moving screens and we think of the side to side movement or the 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 lean out and Domas on a on a on a couple of these and I thought Katie did a really good job of pointing them out. He like leans. 
yeah. like leans into it, and the officials call that. But he gets away with that a lot, and that's that's the problem. That's the officials' fault. Well, <laughs> like it's either a foul or it's not. But there's also a lot of a lot there's, of acting and flailing going on by the defender in that one that mm. I don't like. The inconsistency. Well, the one where he got called and the guy just like oh, like blows <laughs> up. Yeah, you're like, what is happening? Um, I, the other point I would make is I know a lot of people were were wondering like why is, um, why is Aaron Fox settling for so many threes? And I'm gonna point out over the last couple of games there have been quite a few teams that they've gone up against where I don't want De'Aaron Fox going full bore at the rim because I haven't watched enough tape on Mensa, but that dude is gonna do something that can injure you. Like and Moses Brown, that dude. Every time I you watch a game with Moses Brown, somebody gets hurt. Mm. And so there, there have been a bunch of games lately where I was like, eh, I'm okay that that De'Aaron Fox isn't gonna run into the uh, run to the rim against Duop Wreath because there are guys that are trying to make it in the league, the try hard guys mm. that can do a lot of damage to a player. And so I get that a little bit. Like if you're going up against Steven Adams, you know it's a brick wall and you know how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But you also know that he's not going to knock you six rows deep on accident because he, he did something weird, you know. And so I think there is a little bit of that right now. And I think there's a lot of De'Aaron Fox is like the next level of De'Aaron Fox as he's setting everybody up with this three-point shot. And then once we see him, like once teams start to adjust... Because if he's going eight of fifteen or seven of fifteen or eight of sixteen, if he had fifteen threes in two games, mm. teams are going to start totally changing how they defend him, and then we get to see him go do his other thing, but with guys out of position now. And like I, this is just a big chess match for him. On a smaller scale, we saw late in that fourth quarter. Hezzy was nasty. Oh, oh you yeah. had to Ooh. you had to respect the shot. You yeah. know what I mean? And now he's now. This is where we're talking about it's unguardable because now if you got to like, mm-hmm. like work to get out to that shot a little quicker, now you're you know susceptible to hezzies and all this other stuff. And yeah, he's he's a he's a problem with all that. Um, not to rehash everything you talked about, you know, four hours ago, but um, a lot of people just checking in, you know, yeah. for the first time. What do you think about? Uh, I know you had talked about it, but about Fox's outlook on the loss and how he, how he not thinking about it again. Yeah. No, I, I'm okay with that. Cause again, I don't know, like you, you've coached ball and you know, some kids you get them in the car after a loss and all they do is cry. Some kids, I know we, we had a soccer game up in grass Valley. My son played with one of his buddy and one of his brothers his brother was so upset they lost. He wouldn't like, we went out to lunch afterwards and he sat there quietly and wouldn't have lunch. And I'm talking about a kid in his twenties. Like some kids handle it differently. Some kids just obsess over it. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, okay, on to the next. Right. And I think at the NBA level, like to steal the, the line from, from Ted Lasso, you have to be a goldfish, right? You have to have like no short term memory. You just have to move on. And each moment, because the game is happening so fast, if you get hung up in the fact that you just gave up a dunk or you turn the ball over and a guy raced down, like you need to know guys' tendencies and you need to know why you did what what happened and how you avoid it the next time. But you got a game the next day. 
Like it, it, the games come at you so fast. Not only do the Kings play tonight, but the Kings play on Friday and they play on Sunday. Like it's boom, 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 boom. Like you don't have any time to sit there and sulk and worry about what happened. Like Demonis Sabonis is not going to turn over the ball. I can almost guarantee you there will never be another game in his career, however, however long that is, eight, ten years, where he turns the ball over ten times, eleven times. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So, how are you supposed to? like obsess about that. You're supposed to go, okay, I made a bunch of mistakes. I got called for offensive fouls. I made some stupid passes. Um, you know, there's like, it's unforced errors. Again, they had 20 turnovers. The Hornets only had eight steals. So most of those were just flat out mistakes by the Kings. They're just like, and Mike Brown even said, it's not like, you know, some guy went to cut baseline and stopped and a guy threw it out of bounds or something. He's like, we just had stupid turnovers, like not even like throwing it six rows deep, just like giving it away again and again and again. And so the Fox some, one at the end was oh well, yeah, just that goes, was a definition. Oh. Well, the one that he dribbled off his foot yeah. for, to put him up three. Well, both yeah. Th- yeah. that and then the one how he ends the game by just like, like going man. up for a layup and the ball pops out of his hand and goes into the stands. <laughs> You're just like, what exactly is happening? Yeah. You know, like and, and then you want to. I know the Harrison Barnes foul at the end of the game, it like stuck in a lot of people's oh, head. Like, no. why would you foul somebody <laughs> right there? It's stuck, like stuck in De'Aaron's head. Harrison, Harrison's <laughs> looking around like, like I made a mistake. You guys have 20 turnovers. I don't have any of those. Like, what is happening? Still, you just dribble the ball off your foot. Like, I, you still, know. Why the F are you fouling? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are we doing? So, yeah. To, <laughs> Sorry, sir. We got 53 combined <laughs> right, points over here. I got 30 here. points over the here. the hell do you have <laughs> over here yeah. fouling people? I'm going to need you to grab a rebound and not talk to me. You got to get your yeah. Colby Jones tweet out. Yeah. Your- hey, yeah. The, uh, the Sacramento Kings have recalled Colby Jones from uh, Stockton. I love um, this gimmick. Yeah. I, I love it, too. It, it's it's one of the my favorite pastimes is to make sure that we tweet this out every time. But to get back to your point, like, look, De'Aaron Fox can handle losses and and bad games and, and things that happen. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He had 30 points. He had, what, six assists and five rebounds. He had three turnovers, and two of them came in the final minute, which is going to stick yeah. in his mind. Yeah. But he knows what he did wrong, and the things that happened in that game that he did wrong are not going to happen again. Slow start. He, yeah, he, he he got back to that that he he had gotten away from that this year. We saw it a lot last year. Yeah, where fourth quarter Fox was actually just De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. He's just kicking it the first three quarters. Oh, I'm gonna fill this out. He was gonna oh, get Keegan over here. You know, get him closer to that record. Get my guy Domas going. Okay, now I'll do it. This year he had kind of gone away from that. Like he, we've seen first quarter Fox, second quarter Fox, and third quarter, third Fox. quarter Fox. Yeah, and. Last night was like you, you talk about tone setters. You talk about you know Malik and all that. Like Darren was just chilling, just like passive. Five. And then he started right, and he he started missing shots, and it was like oh okay. Mm. And he you know the first one he hit I think was that little he hit a little like flick uh, in the in the lane, and then I think a possession or maybe two possessions later he hit a three. Yep, and it was like okay. Here he goes. Now he's fine. Yeah, here he goes. Yeah, he ended up scoring thirty points in the final. But the tone points. was set. Yeah, but it was the point. Like the t- the the tone was the tone was set. That's you know Malik comes in, does the underhand pass, he gets benched. Then you have the thing with Mike, and it was just I I tw- the Kings deserved to lose that game. Yeah, because they, they did not play. They they 
they deserve to they lose. They had, I was, in, like I said, my neighbor, I was watching the game over there. They had 33 points with like six yeah. minutes to go in the second quarter. Brutal. So it was 33 33. I mm-hmm. said, what? What is this? Mm-hmm. It was the exact definition <laughs> of playing to the the level of your opponent. That is what the definition is right there. You're watching the whole mid second quarter. It's some of the ugly you've ever seen, and they're both at like 36. And you're like, oh man, they're like yeah. playing even Steven with one of the worst teams in the league, who has four starters missing. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- what is going on here? So yeah, you just can't do that. And I think hopefully they learn from that. But hopefully they uh been able to learn from the second back to back. So I'm um, I'm slightly concerned about this this team's ability to respond in a positive to things like they did last year. The thing that, that mm-hmm. I think uh frustrates a lot of people, myself included, is <clears throat> I was about to ask you think we see tonight, and I bet you say, I don't know. Cause I don't know. I don't know. I like to think like they've responded like we beat lost to the Celtics. I was like, I know it's gonna happen. They're gonna play the Suns and the Timberwolves really well. And they're gonna do that for two or three games, and then they're gonna lose that game. And then they'll win a couple of good games. That's what they'll do. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen tonight. I don't know. I'm actually because I think Orlando, if the if the, the Kings aren't ready to play and they're still in the funk, Orlando could run them out of the gym. Yeah, it's it's tough because if you, if you just rewind to the Portland game, they were bad the entire game. Then you get to the Atlanta game, and they're bad for the first half, and then phenomenal. And then they phenomenal into the Memphis game, mm-hmm. and we have this point where they have uh, six quarters in a where they don't give up more than 30 points. Mm. So they give up 39 in the second half of the Atlanta game where they're after giving up 71 in the first half. And then they they continue to play at that that speed and whatever it is they're they're that good against Memphis and Memphis has no shot at all you could just see the rotations were good like everything looked perfect Mm -hmm. then you get to a game like this and uh, again I don't buy the oh this was the first game back after uh (laughs) yeah no I I don't get that like the first game back after that's my favorite um that's my favorite NBA first game back after a long road trip is kind of like a road game (laughs) what no, you had almost 18,000 people screaming and yelling, ready like to put That man woke up in his own bed, drove his own car, had his own food with his own catering, and it was like a road game? Yeah. All right. All right. And, and the road trip was three games over six days. Actually, like if you add in the travel days, it was three games over eight days. That's not a difficult road trip. Now, it's difficult for like – you know, getting back into the family life and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you gotta, I, I'm not, I'm not letting him off the hook because of that. That that was a bad team who played on the second night of a back to back and had lost eleven straight with half of their roster gone. Yeah, like there's no excuse. Like there, at the end of the day, if you are, if you lose home field, a home court advantage, or if you're in the play-in tournament and you you're there by one game, this is the one you circle. And if you're there by two games, it's this and the Portland game, so, and you hope that you don't have more of them. I was going to say, you circle this week for sure. Yeah. And you look at those two games that you just pointed out. And if someone told you that they would go 2-2 two and two on this four-game stretch and the two wins would be Memphis and Atlanta and the two losses would be Portland and Charlotte, mm-hmm. you would go, no. Mm-hmm. But 
This isn't the 2022-2023 Sacramento Kings. You'd think them wings got them in Atlanta, and stuff (laughs) happens. I I will say this because I'm always looking for positive slant here, believe it or not. Um, You look at this four-game homestand. I never predict, like, undefeated. So I'd be like, man, good homestand be three and one. Well, they've already lost the one. They got to win three in a row. But it's still attainable. It's still there. And, like, as long as you're not playing Boston and the Clippers, like, you sh- <laughs> you got a shot to beat a good Orlando team. Toronto. Or apparently the Pelicans. Oh, you're playing New Orleans. I was going to say. <laughs> hey, oh. As long as you're not playing the Pelicans or the Rockets, maybe you're. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you still, yeah, still you got, got it in front of you. Magic, the Raptors, uh, Pelicans. And then your trip is Detroit. And, and Charlotte to start it off. And the thing is, that's the other thing about these losses. No one can feel like any like comfort or, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we got this this road trip coming up, but it's not the worst. No, it, mm. the Kings can win the can. next three games, and I'll be like, okay, let's yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Detroit's a tough place to play. Can, can you beat and Detroit in Detroit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in Detroit, you emphasize is it if that's supposed to mean something. Jalen Duran, they can't guard him. Monty Williams has He's always had the hit. King's number. Yeah. Like the Thompson twins get you again. Guess you don't have to worry about Marvin Bagley this time, well, though. Marvin Bagley revenge game. Did he get no, hurt? No, no. No. Oh, he's just not playing. He's just not playing. Oh, he is playing. He got dunked on the other night. He's playing? Yeah, he got dunked on. That I don't I think that was a rare I game that was, he played. I think it was Jabari Smith Jr. who got him. I, I, he, I mean, he, he's like, maybe I'm Jacoby. He's gotten a couple of DMPs. I've been. <laughs> yeah. Poor Marvin. Turn your career around, Marvin. I'm, make, I'm, I hope you do. Making a lot of money. Doesn't oh, matter. Man, I've been saying that for a few years. But yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um. All right. Man. You really did four hours on a loss to the Hornets, boy. Yeah. Goodness gracious. That's what a loss to the Hornets will do to Man, that's a, you know what's funny? And the Kings could beat the Magic last night, and we'll get a good couple hours out of it. Oh, get yeah. a good 90 minutes out of it. <laughs> Harrison like, going for 25 tonight. <laughs> Barely talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> get a third segment mentioned for HB after going for 25 and 8. Yeah, it gets 11 rebounds tomorrow. <laughs> Or tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. No, if that happens, if you Harris... know what's happening tomorrow. You're taking credit for it. That's well, what's going to happen. Yeah. You see what I did? My boy was listening. I did it. My I did boy, it. My boy was listening. <laughs> I'll do that if he gets four rebounds. That's right. Four. He don't even need 11. Well. Give me four. <laughs> Steven mm. says you guys squeezed all of the juice out of that lemon. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. Uh, we didn't even play the intro to our show today. Oh no! What happened? <laughs> I wasn't ready. I didn't have my headphones plugged in and didn't know Jesse was telling me to go. So I looked at KC. Casey's like, "We're on." I was like, "We're on." Do I need to hit the intro? And Jesse's like, "Yeah." And Casey's like, "Forget it," and just started yelling at the Kings. That's where we've been at for the last four hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a day. Uh, it was a day, James. All right. Uh, I think we're done, man. Um, James has got to head out to the Golden One Center. It's a busy week for 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 Hammer. He's got a lot of games to cover here. So, um, I'm. I don't know. <laughs> I know we'll be back here starting at ten with the insiders. Well, hey, look. Uh, 
Certified Drake bars game tonight. Are they? Let's see are if the Kings, Kings can go twenty five and zero this um, tomorrow. Certified Drake bars. Game see if the Kings tonight. can be twenty five and zero. Hey, the Kings gonna win tonight. I'll be doing Drake bars. All the Kings players are gonna be like, get him off of here. He just talked crazy for us for four hours. I don't want to hey. hear his little stupid song. Get hey. him the hell out of here. I feel like we're like. Oh, and 10 when we oh, call he's a been, certified he's Drake been, Bars. He's been tased I was thinking about times. that the other day. When was the last Drake Bars we did? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. And there have been some games. Well, no, you're undefeated. Those <laughs> nah, Scott Hall's hit Casey with the taser oh. a few times lately. You want Kings to you, – you want Kenny to yell at the Kings more? Don't go anywhere. We'll run it back. <laughs> if not, be back uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. beginning with the Insiders here uh, on Sacramento's Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings. Light the beam. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.